I knew exactly yeah. where I was going to shoot him. Like mm -hmm. without hesitation, without doubt, I had that spot picked. I yeah. I knew range. I I knew exactly where I wanted him. All right. Well, uh, welcome back to the Hunter Podcast. Kind of a monumental day for us uh, in that we have our first actual guest of the Hunter Podcast. Uh, Mr. Corey Horn is in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, I think this is uh, probably, it might be the only time that somebody in the podcast has longer hair than Jared. No, um, he's also the first guest, so it's not that big of an accomplishment. But it's probably the longest hair of anybody that will ever be. I know, podcast, man. I would assume. I I'll take that. I'll take that title. It's a very cool <laughs> title. So, um, you know, really happy to have you in here, Corey. I mean, um, you know, I know you and Jared go way back, and I'm excited for everybody to kind of hear that. But, you know, more special to the Hunter brand is that uh, quite possibly the first episode of Hunter period is going to be the hunt that you and Jared did together this year in Ohio. Um, you know, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to watch some of the behind the scenes on that. And uh, I think it really resonates what Hunter is as a brand uh, in that this camaraderie aspect, this relationship aspect, and then the connection to going out and, and hunting deer together is, is so important. Um, so first of all, man, you know, appreciate you coming up from Nashville and, and being with us on this. But um, I kind of want to set the tone for, for everybody listening to this, um, you know, and I know Jared actually did it as part of a spine in the, in the actual episode, but give us a little background on, on kind of how you and Jared um, met to hunt, because I would say, and no offense to you, obviously, but hunting is not a traditional background for you no, by any means, which is really cool to me and this, this, what we're doing with Hunter as a brand. But I guess give us, give us a little background of how you and Jared know each other um and then let's kind of take it for there and as the story kind of develops yeah so i grew up in south florida so i was like all beach loved fishing and always had an idea like i would love to have hunted but we didn't have you know we didn't have any firearms we didn't have any bows like there was nowhere to really go and do that right when i went to college i was always interested in it uh and i got a, i got a college internship in pittsburgh and so as part of the internship it was like hey we got you a host family and you're gonna go live with these people that's crazy, and man. And so out of the blue, you know, I get this call and a couple of weeks later I moved in and Jared was 15 at the time. Is and, this uh, uh, pre-Jared pumping or post-Jared pumping? It was pre. It was pre. Or, so or right, right at the beginning. This is like pre-Captain America <laughs> like experiments of like... Well, I had gotten in the motocross accident about probably a year before that. So I was like coming out of recovery from that. I mean... Maybe maybe Dwayne and Vicky thought, hey, like we're not really sure what's gonna happen to Jared. Let's bring in a, a better a looking older replacement, you know, to, maybe. to come in. <laughs> Um, but so I was recovering from that. So yeah, I had started lifting some weights and stuff. But, I feel yeah, partly responsible for that. Set, <laughs> oh, because I think that, that summer was when we just like, we had nothing but time and it was just basically poolside and like, it was a, it was a good summer. And so we lifted weights was a big part of that. Well, I mean, open and his, his older brother is a, is a bodybuilder, a professional bodybuilder. Which is so he cool, brought man. some experience and I, again, was 14, 15 years yeah. old. So I was looking to anything. I was like, Oh protein like weights cool like well dude let's let's time that in though so <laughs> so here is Corey stepping into your household right older male figure like what are you feeling at this point because it's just like i was yeah i wasn't feeling it because i <laughs> i didn't i didn't think that i like needed it i was just i had friends and yeah. i was like i have my summer like in my mind mm -hmm. was planned out or at least i was like i'm gonna basically do nothing 
Yeah. And um, so I wasn't like looking forward to it because the the perception that I had was like we would go to church with my parents and uh, after one of those Sundays, my mom was like, well, you know, uh, this is a, a possibility. And like we, we mentioned that we would be you know available for that. And all I knew was that it was like a pastor coming to or to be like a wor- the worship interim yeah. worship, worship pastor, pastor yeah. I guess, was the position. And so I was like. I mean, cool, like, just make sure he stays out of my room and, like, mm-hmm. it, whatever. I got my own plans. Whatever. And so, but before I knew it, like, he, she showed up, and I don't know if I was there at the moment that she showed up or, or not, but... Um, you weren't yet. My first, my first interaction was Jared walked in with a couple of his punks, punk friends yeah. walking in the door, oh, yeah. and they're just like, hey, and they would walk off. I was like, it wasn't oh, like this I is going to be... It was hyped that this guy was coming to stay <laughs> yeah. this It was just right like, now, right? cool, Long summer way. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, what kind of music? I don't care. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so this is gonna be great. That's funny, man. And you know, and obviously we've all kind of been there. Like I know um, you grew up with female siblings. I grew up with female siblings. So like my cousin was kind of my you know uh, co-conspirator in a lot of things growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I did. I had my friends group, but like you know, I think at that age, especially if you're involved in the outdoors, um, you know, you love to share those experiences with someone. You know, and there is a, a soul um, kind of purpose there that, you know, you like to be by yourself and you can reflect on things and think about things. But part of it is really being able to enjoy that with people who kind of share that passion. And of, of course, Corey, you coming up, you know, from South Florida, it's like you like fishing and outdoors, but but hunting's still a distant kind of thing for you. I assume, Jared, at that time, you know, you're you're living in that space, right? The 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 belief of Whitetail's building. Yeah, yeah. I was building for sure. My parents hadn't bought uh, the farm from my grandparents yet. Mm-hmm. So we had access to that, but a lot of it was leased. Um, mm-hmm. And so we didn't have access to most of it for hunting. But there was a few pieces that we could kind of get out on. And, and definitely I was um, starting to get interested in that. And so as a part of that accident that I had mentioned in the surgery and stuff, that ended a lot of things for me uh, in terms of wrestling and, and mm-hmm. football and pushed me in a direction of more, maybe less contact, but just looking elsewhere for yeah. What are you gonna grab on to? You were trapping mm-hmm. a lot. It was when you were really and I had trapping. always trapped because my dad had traps, you know, yeah. in our basement and stuff. And so I got into that. I had always done that growing up, but and I had bow hunted for sure. But um, just you know, kind of whatever I could do around the house, I would hunt out of the, the neighbors' tree stands. I would find in the woods right. and stuff. I can actually remember way. Do you remember those old? Um, I don't know what the brand of stands were, but they had chains. Oh, yeah. They had chains and the, the cloth seats that fold out. I think they were old APIs or something, something right? Something like that. Uh, like literally a chain that yeah. went around the tree. So I can remember, it was probably a while before Corey showed up, but this was just my ex- intro into the, what is a tree stand? Like, what mm-hmm. is bow hunting? I remember thinking that I climbed one of my neighbors, his name was Bill Carazia. He was, ended up being a really cool mentor for me from like a hunting perspective, but... Uh, I found one of his tree stands in the woods, and I can remember climbing it. I had, like, Austin or John Rogan with me, like, one of my little elementary school buddies, middle school maybe. I found this tree stand, and I climbed up in it. I was like, this thing's crazy. And I remember thinking that that seat was, like, the the roof. So I was, like, sitting on the, the like, the fetal the position. And I was like, how does this, I don't understand. How would you, like, how is this, like, supposed to work? This doesn't but, make any sense. But, um... I'm not even sure where I was going with that. But ultimately, yeah, my my, my interest in, in hunting and, and other things like bodybuilding was another thing. I Just lifting weights, I was like shifting my focus from these things that were no longer an option to, you know, what now is um, a big part of, 
of my life. And so were you in college at that time, Corey, or just out of high school? I was in college. You yeah, in college. Yeah, it was my time. last. I had to do an internship before I could graduate. And so it was right in that tail end of, of college for me. And so I... You were like 21. I was 21. I was 21. Because you were he was just old enough that I could drive with a permit. I, oh, I was thinking like, you were going to say to buy you beer. That's where I was going too. with that. Yeah, that's who I guess. <laughs> but because um, I had just gotten my permit. So I would have been like 15, like going on yeah. 16, I guess. And uh, so Which I just was got my driver's permit and he was old enough that I could drive with. So it was sweet because we could get out. So now you're finding some uses drive. for Corey being around. I was like, okay, right. he's, got, all right, all he's right. useful. All right. And you did have, he Jared did have... Uh, he just gotten off his elk hunt. What was two a year and a half before that? Two years before that, fourteen. So you still had probably that year because that was my dad's. Like after the accident thing, he's like, I want to just do something sure. together. So we did that elk hunt. That would have been probably the year prior. Yeah. So I mean, when I walked into this house, like this was something totally different for me because mm-hmm. you have all these hides, you have the stuff that's trapping, and I'm like this world is so far away from me, but this is amazing. I'm really excited. Well, about and this. dude, you're you're an extrovert by by personality, so you know a lot of people probably would have walked into that and felt really intimidated into like you know this kind of man cave lifestyle that you're walking into, you know. But knowing your background now and and how you are as a person, like I can see you being like, oh yeah, like how do I get like it I wasn't do that, that bad, right? Like my mom kept a pretty like clean house. It's, oh, it's it, amazing. It's not like my dad has been a diehard bow hunter for his whole sure. life. Like he, she allowed him to get his first mount, which was like a pheasant that she bought for him <laughs> when I was like, you know, tw- twelve. Yeah, the or house it was like a beautiful lodge. Like it oh, was yeah. immaculate. Yeah. So we were stuff. just starting like, to really <laughs> go down that road. Yeah, the chandelier was the, the first thing that it's I not like they have yeah. this massive antler. It's not like you walked chandelier. into like a trapper's uh, shed. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. It's <laughs> not, not that. By, not like that by any means. So it was spectacular. So you come in that summer. Are you there all summer then? I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm there for for three months. Okay. And so I either had to do for the actual internship side of it, I either had to do like the full three months uh, or X amount of hours for the internship. Yeah. So I could have easily you know just taking a little bit of time here and there to hey we got somebody coming in <laughs> come on in hey hey, hey I did long. I'm trying to be no quiet. you're fine man. you're good man just drop it all right hey i'm too out there for court thank you oh, oh right on we <laughs> know what me. those are Later, appreciate you man see you dude have a good day see you man see you man Brian, our UPS guy. He's the man. He's the bomb. He is. He and he's bringing me packages. Oh, yeah. I come and visit That's and I get packages here, here. on the, the podcast the real time. <laughs> he's here every every day. Yeah. So, yeah. That'd be the rest. Usually it's hunting stuff, but today it's the rest of the, the podcast. Mm. At some point, he'll probably be a guest on the podcast. Brian from UPS. Like, how much hunting uh, tree stands do you deliver <laughs> in a given year? Brian's rocking a mean beard right now. Yeah, well, that's so a, that's an interesting point. Not to deviate from that, but up until just a couple months ago, you were not allowed to have facial hair as a UPS employee. It was really? it was a corporate policy, and then they kind of let that a little looser. And he's like, "Man, full Grizzly Adams, like yeah. you know." And, <laughs> he looks great. And the dude's on the mountain. I mean, and it's cold and it's windy. And I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. he he's parking at the end of driveways that are a mile long and hiking those things straight up there. You know, and so yeah, he's like, the first opportunity they gave me to grow a beard, I was like, yeah, you went. Balls deep. He's usually <laughs> these, these road rage bikes, and he's just dropping off all kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. He probably yeah. thinks we live the coolest life. Yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> That's, That's pretty, pretty good. Pretty cool. Our life is pretty great. I mean, all around. So I guess, Corey, like if, if you're thinking about that, and I guess where I'm looking at this now being, what, Jared, 13, 14 years later, mm-hmm. in three months, you guys made a connection that's now... Yeah, so lasted to to, to kind of t- tag onto that. So I get there, and the first thing I find out is that we have an overnight trip 
for the internship to go and do this thing. Mm -hmm. So I ended up unintentionally knocking out all the hours for my internship in the first like two and a half weeks of this thing because I was constantly on call. I was doing all the stuff. The only reason I got the internship was because I already knew how to do the position. It wasn't like I really didn't learn anything. There was no one in that position. You said it was part of the requirement. Hired me to do this job interim. And so I was done technically with my responsibilities. I still had stuff to do. And Mm -hmm. Jared was a part of that because he was playing drums too Mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. So we connected over music. And then he started educating me on this whole world of, I was like, what is all this stuff? This is amazing. And I was like, I don't know. Seems cool though, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they, my dad's uh, gun cabinet. Like, let's figure it out. <laughs> yeah, still stay out of my room, but yeah, yeah. it's cool. Well, I think I, the, the end of that story was I ultimately ended up sleeping in the basement, which was Corey's room. So I was like, I moved out of my room and into, into the basement. <laughs> we just we had, had the whole like basement. Our, yeah, we had like our, uh, our whole setup down there. Bachelor pack. So they, they got me, uh, they gave me a PSE. Mm-hmm. And that's where I first they started taking me out and just in the backyard and shooting and, and kind of getting me comfortable. It's with a lot in three months, man, to just like, you know, really pick up and move to a, a whole different culture, you know, different part of the country, you know, into a family you didn't know, uh, into a lot of the lifestyle that you weren't familiar with. You know, well, Corey was up for it because you'd done a lot of traveling with like the band, right? So through. Yeah, I've right, already yeah, I had already traveled international a ton, and mm-hmm. my parents actually thought I was gonna be like when I was younger. They thought I was gonna be a forest ranger, because I just love being in the woods all the time. Sure. So now to tie something that I already loved directly with the chance to be out there and mm-hmm. do something that I'm like, oh, this is really cool. That's um, awesome. It's I picked it up immediately and I loved it. I was like, this is way better than anything I can imagine going out into the woods for to be able to go and sit and relax. So like the therapeutic side of it on top of uh, the actual sporting side of it mm-hmm. and, and how to, to tie those together, especially that it's a game against yourself, right? Like yep. when you're, when you're pulling that bow back, just like golfing or something like that. I mean, it's, it's you against yourself in those, those odds of for delivery. Sure. And I loved that self challenge and they were really patient to teach me and, and educate me on that side of it. Also, how did that happen? Because it was summer. It was the summer. Were you with us for, into hunting season the first year that you came out Mm-mm. no I left and then the next year i came, came back, back. see that's what i was gonna ask you know you uh-huh. guys but, we started we a thanksgiving had... trip oh it was later that year for thanksgiving but did i give you the bow um that summer mm-hmm. and you had started shooting it because i must have got i got my matthews adrenaline and the thanksgiving that next that first thanksgiving after i came back and hunted my first time wow uh, up at the farm as well. so i mean it was that's rapid fire coming in that's cool though to see how like you know, literally, it could be that much of a time frame that hooks you into it. And then it's like, because I mean, listen, life gets busy, especially when you're in college and not knowing what's going on. And you're in high school, like, you know, things are moving around a lot. So for you to make that connection back and be like, I, I guess, what was that like? Was it like, hey, dude, we're going to hunt and uh, around Thanksgiving, you should come. Why did you come back that Thanksgiving? <laughs> what did I invite you to come hunt? Or you were did. you there for Thanksgiving anyways? Uh, it was kind of twofold. There was a lady that I was seeing at that time that lived in Pennsylvania. Mm hmm. And so I went, I was living in Virginia. Oh, okay. Uh, uh-huh. And so I went to, <laughs> to Pennsylvania. And then uh, I believe that we went, um, I came over to the farm after. Okay. So you must have called me and said, hey, I'm going to be in that area. I, I was like, I'm coming. And I, I probably <laughs> said, sweet, I'll be hunting. Like, do you want to? Do you want to jump? That's probably exactly yeah, how it happened. It was some, something like that. Because I wasn't going back to Florida at that point. It was too far to drive. Sure. Well, and I, I didn't even, there, I couldn't like even, uh, there was no thought to like, well, let's hunt together. Like, it was just like, hey, this is what I'm doing if you want to come. I was 12 years old, my very first hunt, my dad was like, cool, your stand's that way. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. so that's, Corey was like, hey, you're hunting on the Thompson. 
and I'll. So like, you were just tossed right into it. Yeah. So I get there. I think and this I got is Ohio, late. right? So we're now on we're, the farm. Yeah, we're on the farm. Yeah, we're okay. on the farm. I had been to the farm before. Like, okay. I, I knew kind of the layout, at least the general yeah. layout. And so we, I go to hunt, and they're like, "All right, you're going to go here. You're going to go to this plot. You're going to cut up this way." You know, and I still don't think mom and dad had bought the farm yet because no. we were. I was hunting like behind the office, like the, the little chunks here and there mm-hmm. that hadn't been leased out because mm-hmm. they weren't big enough to be. Sure. Know. So I walk out first time in the woods by myself in the morning with my bow, going to hunt, and I know that I'm supposed to go to this tree stand and follow this cornfield up the thing. I can't see. Wow, anything. you're such a gracious host at I this point. I was like, you know, sixteen. <laughs> like, dude, yeah, you're. I was like, you're here. an adult. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're just not hunting here. You're you're over there. Yeah. So the kicker is that. <laughs> they didn't know, but that cornfield got cut. So what I was supposed to be following, I didn't know where the lines were on the whole field because it was it was kind of a knoll. And so I'm walking in. I'm like, there's no corn here. This is all cut. <laughs> and it's cut on both sides of me. So I don't even know what field line I'm supposed to be walking. And it's dark and I, I can hear I can hear deer blowing at me. I didn't know what that was when I first got out there. I was like, just like, there some other animals out here? Like I had no idea. Super green. I finally make it to a stand. And it's a it's a ladder stand up to just a wood platform and Mm -hmm. the ladder wasn't secured so the wood platform was going like this so i climb in it it's wet and i'm I'm literally sitting in my wait a minute we've never had a wooden tree stand so come to find out i sat in that for i saw one deer out of it that whole morning wait a minute I'm I surprised got, you survived. You went in the wrong. That. That's, I why. Got, I, <laughs> that's why. I came back and I was like, this stand was really interesting. Like, I didn't realize it'd be this way. And they're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't our stand. Yeah, dude, you're like seven what? properties away. Apparently, I don't know was, how you found There was, was like an the other old, decrepit, side. like, not really a tree stand. He's like some two by fours. Some kids probably like, put in the. Oh, it was the platform that's way down at the bottom. It's literally like, I think they tried to build a tree house there at some point. And they just, like, stopped building it. That's what you got into. So I couldn't even stand up in it because it was too flimsy to stand up. I thought I was going to fall out of it. There was We didn't have harnesses. It's huge. It's huge. It's, like, it's like eight foot by eight foot. Oh, it wasn't that big. Not this one. <laughs> Maybe we're talking about different things. Yeah, I mean, it was not that stand I was supposed to end up in. Yeah. Is what, Bottom what I ended up at. Yeah, it was on the other side yeah. of the in field. In fact, it was downright dangerous. I did, it was very point. dangerous. Looking oh. at what we do now... I mean, Not it was any steps. He just like shimmied <laughs> up the. It was probably just like an aluminum ladder against it. He's like, I guess this is it. For sure, was not safe. There was definitely no safety harnesses. I don't mm-hmm. think I hunted with a safety harness till I was twenty something. It's been yeah. in the last like three years we added safety harnesses. Yeah, yeah, which is important. They are <laughs> so, important. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, so that was the first experience that I had. Uh, and it was amazing. Well, all of that to say, it was. I was like, I want more. Frankly, of this. <laughs> I'm impressed that you stuck with it after that, because a lot of people would have been cussing up a storm and been like, "Yeah, this sucks. Like, this is ridiculous." So, so okay, you have that experience. You come back. Jared's like, I don't know. Like, that's where you were supposed to go, right? Did you? I assume they knew you, immediately. As soon like, as I started telling the right them, they're like, like where, where'd you go? Well, I think yeah. I said probably what I just said right now is wooden platform. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then everyone was in, yeah, it was hooting and hollering because it was, I mean, you, I was hunting out of someone else's stand. Apparently, so no is one that, came. Is that the, that's the first hunting experience? First one that's out of the gate dude. that I had. And I was like, yeah, I'm in for it. Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Very cool. So then, then I think you came out with me the next time to show me where it was. Okay. And like, and got me to the stand. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I, I think I remember. But I'm not that. sure how we eventually started in the same tree from that and it, filming. It would have been when we started um, filming stuff which we've done kind of off off and on over the years trying to figure out like you know so has it been a consistent thing year in and year out since that first experience of like hey you know every year we come up or was it kind of loose at first and then it's gotten more regimental 
it was pretty consistent for a few years. And then I, I moved around, I moved out of the country and then mm-hmm. I was traveling a lot mm-hmm. and then I just couldn't figure out like, so with, with my band, I was on the road 300 days a year. Right. And so, so there was no way to like even schedule when we could be there or not. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I knew he was hunting. The, the invitation was always to come and the desire was to always get there, but it just didn't work out schedule wise. So, but then we kind of got a little bit of momentum where I had, we blocked Thanksgiving for road. So I'd come up for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and then the day after Thanksgiving, we would, uh, we would typically hunt. And eventually, I don't remember exactly, you can, hopefully you can tell me how long ago you met Corey, your Carrie, uh, Carrie your now wife, and who happens to be five, 10 minutes down the road from yeah, here. That's which, crazy. Which was like, oh, well, dude, now you can just come hunt every year. Like, this is perfect. Yeah, we couldn't have made up our story better as far as the uh, how hunting fits in all this. Well, see, that's what threw me off at the beginning because obviously, like, I knew the relationship you guys had, and I think it was maybe the buck you killed several years ago in Ohio because I think did I take the meat to Carrie's parents' place? Highly likely. I, yeah, I, you and I went together. Yeah, yeah. This was... Um, three yeah, years ago? Yeah, this was... In fact, I bet you can pull this out. If three or four years ago? Go to Dropbox and just look for Corey's buck, and you'll find one from 2017 that would have been. Four years ago. 27. Because I remember going there yeah. and dropping that off. I'm like, oh, dude, this makes sense. Like, Corey's from here. He's like, no, no, no. Like, that's mm-hmm. his wife's. So the parents in-laws live like, like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Away. And they, so these guys live in Nashville now. Exactly. But, so mm-hmm. then it's like, that's when the whole story for me was like, oh, wow. Like this is truly a lot more random than I thought. Like here I thought like, oh, Corey just grew up there. Like that's how you met him. Like it makes a ton of sense. No, not at all. Yeah. So eight years ago, my wife moved to, my wife will be married five years in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight years ago, she moved to Nashville. She's like, oh, I'm from this place called Uniontown. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Where? <laughs> you know, where is that? She's like, oh, it's out of Pittsburgh. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Cool. I've been there. So they actually, that Thanksgiving, uh, they were coming home, and I think I jumped in the car with them, with her, and came up here. She dropped me off on the side of the road somewhere in Ohio, and Jared picked me up. And you're you lucky. Uh, based on his hosting skills, you're lucky it's, he picked you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at that point, they, I mean, you're just like, yeah, let's go. We're doing it. <laughs> so we, we met up, and. I'm a pretty good host. Yeah, I, it's flawless. Thank God it's improved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got good parents. They, they me Your parents are like the king of hosts, the king well, and queen of hosts. The problem is, yeah. like, sure. I didn't know how to host at hunting because, like, I was just figuring it out myself. Like, right. I didn't know. I had just hung stands that, like, we found in the woods or that my dad hung before. And so mm-hmm. uh, as I was starting to host Corey, I was also figuring out, like, oh, this is how you hang a tree stand. Oh, you can fit two of them in here. Like, oh, we can we could film this thing. Mm-hmm. And so over time, we've, you know refined our setup and it's so i guess during a lot of those hunts and stuff were you guys hunting with like brian and dale was it like the deer camp atmosphere that you guys were experiencing or was it more of jared and his dad and just like close family they've always been like everyone's always been in and out yeah like we've and we've had uh, i think last year was the first time we were all there at the same time uh, not this past season but to the me one that's before where all of us were at deer camp at one time yeah because uh, to me that's w- that's what really pulls somebody in is that experience of like a camp atmosphere i guess on that side yeah it really draws people in on that is that what am i hearing there ian computer computer, computer fan just a computer fan mm-hmm. yeah sorry just want to make sure it wasn't my mic here yeah no it's just computer um because that's that tends to be what i feel like pulls people in more often yeah, there you go that is definitely the one yeah here play this real quick so this yeah. is this is your first this is my first buck you, first buck mm-hmm. and so this was me filming this was like oh we figured out how to and get, correct, get correct me if I'm wrong, but this is another, like, you guys put in a lot of time on this deer, right? No. Or was this, this like the, the second or third night? This was early season. Oh, that's right. But he had hunted with us a few years 
before this happened. That's an awesome deer. Deer is a toad, body-wise, for sure. All right, I've already said four times, like, why haven't you shot Corey? Well, Jared... Oh! Jared was to the right of me, so I actually couldn't see him right until that last moment. Yeah. Where he came out from the tree, so he came out it from behind like me. It was last light. He came out... He snuck out of nowhere. I, it was like... We were, like, ready to get down. Yards, mm-hmm. Probably before we saw him, and I was like, oh, right here, we're shooting a spot. Did you know that, dear? No. 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 This is starting to form a pattern. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. No, it was one of those deals where, like, I mean, it was Corey's first box. I didn't know exactly what we were looking for. We had dumped a pile of corn. And so mm-hmm. we had hunted probably at least two or three years consistently together. Mm-hmm. Like, we were attempting to do this mm-hmm. before this happened. And so this year we changed from what I think was probably, like, a mid-October or November hunt to yep. early. I was like, man, this seems like more of an early season farm which I do now. And now it is. I said, let's, you know let's try that. And so he came out for, I think it was probably opening week type yes. of a deal or maybe a few days into the season. Mm-hmm. And so my strategy was let's dump a pile of corn down on the Thompson and a few other places and like see what shows up. Um, and nothing had showed up at any of these other ones. I was like, man, it's there's beans down here. Let's just give this spot just a, give shot. a shot. The wind was good. And um, this buck showed up out of nowhere. And, and like instantly, I mean, I, um, well, you could tell I, it, I had he's a mature point, deer. I had at this point figured out pretty good. Well, I mean, it's it's a three year old buck, but he's mm-hmm. and he's a six point, and I knew exactly what he was. I mean, that deer's not ever going to score very high. Corey's first buck, like it's for sure the biggest buck he's ever shot at this point. I was like, mm-hmm. we're, we're shooting. Did no you question. ever gun hunt Corey? I, no. Not to no. jump. Uh-huh. It's always been bow for you. It's always been bow. Yeah, I never really had yeah. a desire to gun hunt. A lot not of people don't. It's like because I I like the I like archery in general it's like close encounter like that obviously like just i mean you're you're in their wheelhouse at that point Mm -hmm. yeah that that being in there and then uh i'm I'm not opposed to it by any means i would absolutely i think i'd really enjoy it depending on where we were going and what we were doing yeah i mean it is it's something like i mean i've obviously gun hunted my entire life but like if i have my choice it's i'd bow hunt year round you know it's just that's what you you eventually find which which one you go with and that's what you and and at the end of the day the amount of effort you have to put in on a bow hunting, you know, stance or, or sit or season. I really gave you an option. Like, you never asked, but I always just was like, hey, we're going bow hunting. I mean, you've gun hunted a little bit, but time. I mean, as long as I've known you, I've known you, I don't even know if you've ever picked up a gun. I think I've killed... A couple bucks? Maybe a few more since then. No, definitely no bucks. I've killed one doe with a gun, and it really? was the first deer that I ever shot. It's interesting. It was Marlin thirty thirty. Shot a doe, which I think makes sense why Corey probably picked up and ran with Bo because yeah. that's probably where you yeah, were drifting deal. as well. And do you know what I got that from my uncle Dale was like he just wasn't a gun hunter. He always he was a big part of my inspiration for getting mm-hmm. into deer hunting to begin with. And it, it, he kind of just had the same mindset. He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, he's like, I, I have a gun. Like I'll go out every once in a while, but like I just prefer to bow hunt. Mm-hmm. So. Part of it's the like the intricacy of gun hunting compared to bow. For so, sure. like, I can't go in my backyard where I live in the middle of Nashville and shoot a gun. No. I can shoot my bow all day long without fail, you know? And mm-hmm. I can just check my bow and not worry about it getting to where I need it to go, mm-hmm. you know, versus a gun. There's there's so much, yeah, there's so many other caveats of doing, you know, this. So, the ease of archery, I think, has been mm-hmm. something that's lent itself to mm-hmm. to why I've also done the it. The seasons, too. I think oh, because yeah. we were always trying to figure out, like, when could Corey come up, even. Mm-hmm. And the gun season is so short. It's like Yeah, and it starts the Monday after Thanksgiving in Ohio. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're working or traveling, you're usually heading back by that. Yeah, yeah. so time-wise, access-wise, it just always made sense to 
So that and time, you, just time, like the oh, time. To, like I don't. If you're gonna do one thing, yeah. Like I don't have time to go and sit and shoot. Mm. Really, even my bow most of the time. So mm. it's like when I have that time, how do you split up that amount of time that you can allocate to something when you know you need to be getting something done too? For sure. So that deer's 2017. That's what 2017. we said on that one. Mm-hmm. Were there any others in 1819? Yeah. Doe. Well, there were. So. Like the the backstory is like the the farm and like as I said, I'm progressing too, and not only like my own hunting, but in, in hosting Corey, mm-hmm. you know our our goals for this farm, and we're always we're hunting the same farm year after year have have evolved as well. And I think that you know I fell into a trap a, a few years ago, maybe not a trap, but a misconception of like man, if I do X, Y, and Z on this farm, if I plant these food plots, if I do this timber work, and these deer are gonna get five six years old, and we're gonna have booners to hunt every year. And I was like, kind of trying to pull Corey along in that goal, as well as you know the four or five other guys. Which that, is tough because he's kept one buck at this point. That hunt, absolutely, yeah, it's very tough. And um, so I've actually held him off of some big deer. There was um, there was a deer we called Conan. I remember that one. Um, he was the biggest deer on the property last not year. Not this past year, but the year before, he was probably like a, a mid one fifties, three year old, like a, just a toad. You filmed him, didn't you? We had him at. Yeah. I had him at. 20 yards the first, scrape, first morning right? out in the same stand same in the pinch stand. where he killed this buck this year yeah. i i held him off of that buck the year before which is actually bigger than the buck he shot this most recent year but like i said we, we've evolved yeah. into I, w- I think you know and i'm sure there's some stuff in between here but like this year i've finally have backed off of that and i was like i i couldn't another year because your expectations had to come back at some point I, mean, I was like i cannot hold Corey off of a deer like this for another year and we had hunted for a week straight and for 10 years straight at this point with you know one other buck to show mm-hmm. for it um eventually i caved and i was like dude we're killing that deer yeah well and i mean i think even you personally and you and i've had this discussion on the farm is like you know and it's frustrating you know because obviously if you kill that three-year-old that's 150 inches there's definitely no chance he's making it to four and 170. Mm-hmm. But what seems to be a pattern on your place, and this is like the, this, the I guess, if you think about how people look at a thousand acres, they're like, well, man, you could grow tons of big deer. It's like, mm-hmm. it seems like there's a pattern to these deer getting killed by somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, or at least disappearing. We don't really know what yeah, happens to a lot that's of them. That's the reality is that the chances of a deer getting killed even if I don't shoot mm-hmm. him or one of our guys don't shoot him, is higher than I thought. Mm-hmm. That's a tough reality to, to face. Yeah. Even out of that stand where we saw Conan, we knew there was a guy in the woods, you know, 70 yards on the other yeah. side of the fence that was mm-hmm. sitting there. We didn't see him every day, but we knew that he was there. That's the reality mm-hmm. of it, though. And, I mean, and if, it, I, if I passed on him, he, he most likely was not going to pass him. He was right. a monster, you know, to, right. to see him come walking through. Yeah, yeah and that's like a Conan is an example of that. that deer, we haven't seen that deer. Yeah. yeah. You know, so after I, after I held Corey off of that deer in 2018, right? Or 19? 19. No, it was 2019. 2019. Yeah. yeah, he never showed up again. Yeah. So. yeah. And we're just trying to get him to that four-year-old mark. Like four years old is 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 the benchmark at this point. Like mm-hmm. we're thinking that's that's the, the, the age that a whitetail is showing – you know, at least 90, 95% Most, of his yeah. potential between mm-hmm. four and six years old is like the sweet spot. And so I'm like, man, if we can just get him to four years old. And, and we've had several bucks that, you know, are four, you got one right behind you. Yeah, right over the shore. I, yeah, and I've passed on some world-class bucks that have walked through there. Otherwise, mm-hmm. that would, Conan, I mean, for example. For sure. And these other ones. Yeah. And, but I've, I'm fine with that mindset. Like I, it's not a rush for me to go and 
and get this hunt over with. Like I'm mm -hmm. patient and hopefully refining my abilities and my talent and skills over time to be able to deliver on one that is the one that we've been, mm -hmm. you know. That we're so hunting. I think patience brings up a big key because, um, you know, I know the backstory and this is what I want everybody to kind of hear is 2020 was a grind for you guys in terms of your hunt. You hunted, uh, what, mid-October? Yep. was when the start of the hunt was. Yeah, the 25th was the last day of the hunt. I hunted 10 days straight. Was it 10 days? It was 10 days because wow. I was up at I was, I was 11 out. I try to stretch it more every every year. If the boss gives me time. Wait, yeah, if we, if we get the time, we yeah. do. We I'm take like, it. dude, why don't you come in on like a Thursday this time instead <laughs> of like Saturday morning and we'll stretch mm -hmm. it out for. And I actually changed that. I came in Wednesday this this time, I think, too. We, we made it even earlier. But it was a super grind. And I mean, yeah. so oh, I guess, you know, we know obviously season opens up, uh, you know, beginning of October uh, for Ohio. Late September. Uh, late September, yeah. So we and we know what seems to be is your property is definitely better at that time frame. And you hunted hard. Seems I mean, you way. killed this deer. What second second day of the season in twenty nineteen? In twenty nineteen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, uh, and you, I know you personally hunted hard that opening week uh, mm -hmm. of twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, almost from the get go, like they were there, but they're starting to give you the slip. Right. I mean, yeah, you're man, seeing them it, on camera. It really does seem like if, you, if you're not successful in October and ideally early October on that farm, it, it gets It just goes downhill, which is so um, different than what people think because they're like, you know, Halloween, rut, like here it comes. And you guys had previously hunted some of that. All of it. We've, we, yeah, we've you, you've bounced all over, which is kind of what we've done in Kansas too, right? We've we've continually bounced around until we feel like at least now we've got the sweet spot of the third week of November in Kansas, and we're like, yeah, you know, this is what we need to stick to. Though we lean both ways, yeah. you know, you guys now are in that middle of October, which to me, if you catch the right cold front and scrapes are hot, like you could hit a well, that's home what we're run. Looking for. I, th I do think that is that's the best opportunity that our farm gives us is when they're still. Um, it seems like they're still in somewhat of a summer range, but those acorns are starting to drop. And if we can get a rain or a cold front, I know that's one of the most predictable. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what we were looking for. I think you'll see in the episode at some point, whenever we drop that, is that we were really just there for an extended period of time, hoping for one of these events that I could move in, read the sign, and, and kill the deer that's there. And so are you guys, so let's say back up 10 days, around give or take the 15th of October, Right? Are you engaging morning and evening at this point in, in hunts? Is it weather dependent? We only did evenings, I think, for the first bit, for yeah. the first couple of days, because yep. the weather, it got real hot. We got cell cameras all over. So, I mean, obviously, I think if you guys got something on a morning pattern, you probably would have pulled a trigger on it. Yeah, we didn't have anything daylight yet. We were just <laughs> and, being it, and it got mobile. real warm. Got warm. Story yeah. of 2020. So, yeah, we would just kind of hang out, yeah, shoot our bows during the day, mm -hmm. try to make a, make a plan to strategize, move cameras around. We'd get out pretty early, though. Yep. in the afternoons yep. and then and then have longer sits which was fine which was nice mm -hmm. but somewhat unproductive it seemed like at least yeah. for the first few days so i guess right. encounter wise um you know what are you we knew what deer were on that property right in terms of a target yeah, and it wasn't a lot unfortunately because it, it started off like pretty good there was one section of the farm where i was getting uh, there was a really nice 12 point that was down there there was a heavy heavy eight point that mm -hmm. i was targeting early in the season Dad had actually killed a nice eight point off of um, a deer that I think impressed us all much bigger than we sure. thought. It was yeah. bigger than we thought. But that's a great example of the predictability in October was I, I was getting the pictures. I, I just walked in, hung the stand. I said, Dad, you got to hunt this spot. He hunted it a couple of days and killed the deer. Killed the deer. And you can do that. It was on a, <laughs> yeah, it was a bead right to him. 
Yeah, you can do that. So that's what I was, I was hoping to replicate with Corey. And as as October went on, you know, Dad killed that one deer, and so so that deer's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the deer just were they just started disappearing. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't think guys were killing them. They just were moving off of the property and. Um, and what's your strategy at this point? I mean, because, you know, break down everybody, the farm, you've got a lot of agriculture, you still have some pasture CRP type grounds, you've mm-hmm. got a ton of food plots, but you also have a ton of oaks and acorns. Yeah. So I mean, what, you know, we're at this mid October period, I guess, kind of describe like, what are you guys focused on knowing what Corey's expectations are in terms of a deer, mm-hmm. you know, probably different than you like saying, hey, I want to kill that giant eight point, right? Mm-hmm. At this point, you're trying to get Corey on a mature buck. I wanted that eight point. We actually hunted that eight point as well. Yeah, I think I, we set Corey's standards probably the same as mine. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm also just trying to kill a mature buck. Like mm-hmm. I would love to target a specific animal, uh, and we we do. I mean, we, that's what yeah. we did with with Dad's buck, you know. But like, I just don't always have the deer to support that mission. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just have to say, man, I want to kill one of these three mature deer. I'm hunting this area, depending on uh, wind, um, what food sources are still available, all these factors that we're considering. Stands are a big deal too, as far oh, as sure. when you're, because we had, so you have two stands that we're hiking in with sometimes, plus our sticks, plus we have uh, my bow, all the camera equipment, and we're setting that up every time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot, and, and it's a lot of stuff. To and do. it's hot, and, and you're it's sweaty. Hot. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, though, man, we got good at it. We were running a gun and like with, with mm-hmm. some skill. Yeah, it was yeah we had because we had two stands, one set of sticks, camera equipment. Um, you know, and then stuff that we were starting to get into some pre-rut. So I would bring the antlers with us every once in a while. I guess and... at what point did you, because I would say, I don't want to say standard, right? But you've got a, a handful of what I would consider go-to stands, go-to spots, right? That you probably hunted out of yeah, the gate. 35 of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which yeah, which honestly, I'm straying away from more and more. Like I, I really have gotten more mobile as a hunter. And so well, those stands are there and, and we'll definitely hunt them. Yeah. We have some box blinds as well that are, mm-hmm. you know, nice. But um, I think for that, that mid to late October, every deer is different and they're doing a pretty specific routine. Mm-hmm. And so if we can get in and read sign, correlate that with a weather event and hang and hunt, I think that's the most effective. Well, I mean, most people I know, we talked about in the Kansas hunt, especially for me, you know, the number of deer I've killed or at least had a chance of killing at on the first or second day of a sit, you know, I always tend to find that my success comes from those first opportunities in a spot mm-hmm. the longer i hunt and i know a lot of people are against it there's guys that i know that'll sit out the same damn stand for 10 days and that's cool i think that i will too i know given the right time of year yeah you get into that mid to late november it's about the right spot i will say just based on the where my brain is and i have a tough time doing that by by the second or third day of sitting in a stand i'm already thinking about where i'm going next because i feel like i've put so much pressure and scent and things in that spot that mm-hmm. you know i've screwed it up now that's just me personally you know i know other guys who sit the same stand out all year and they'll end up killing giant and we're also doubling down on that i mean there's two of us now in that stand doubling to down worry on about the, the pressure and the For scent sure. the sound like all of it and the movement and just trying to minimize that because after you're sitting in that spot for three or four days you're like what am i yeah. doing here? yeah we're really tra- relying on the <clears throat> predictability of the deer that time of year and so while i'll in november i'll get in and just sit a spot out in october i'm not really sure exactly what any of these deer are doing and mm-hmm. so we're trying to get to a spot where we can observe and then make a move assuming they're going to do something similar mm-hmm. and that was really our strategy was let's go to where the deer are yeah and we do have those clutch spots that we know for sure without a doubt over the years that we have seen repeated just big deer out of the bench, and, and so we go. Yeah, as the week went on, we eventually, um, you know, transitioned into one of those spots because as like the pre-rut. You got aggressive. The pre-rut, 
I don't know if we got more aggressive, but we went back to one of those known spots, and it wouldn't have been good early in our hunt. It just was. And that's the crazy yeah. thing. I mean, think about you're saying that like in the early, it's seven days before, eight days before, you know, I mean, the the changing that is happening during oh, that time. Day, man. The yeah. coverage, I mean, even just in every stand, you'll walk out a day later and the coverage in a stand for two of us versus the day before is like, we can't hunt here mm-hmm. today. You know, or if the sun's up and we're just totally getting, uh, getting shadowed on it. I, I mean, guess t- talk about a little bit, because I mean, I know we talked every day, obviously during that time frame of what you guys are seeing, you know, what's the strategy, what do we do next? Like, I would say probably by what, day five, six, seven, like you guys are worn out at this point, not just physically, because I mean, it is a demand, but mentally, like it's, you're at this point that you're grinding, you're grinding, you're grinding, it just doesn't seem, you know, to be coming together, you know, and I think that, and and in a lot of cases, if you're hunting by yourself, like you may be done at that point, like just mentally just spent, but you guys having each other, at least to kind of have that, like discussion and camaraderie and thought process, like. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it had to at least help a little bit to pull pull you through the week. Oh, for sure. That, yeah, at, at, at some point throughout the week, like, we're just hanging out. Like, it just... Sure. We're not... I mean, we're in the sand, and we're definitely hunting, but it's just... We're just hanging out and just enjoying, you know, the time that we get with one another. Because right. it's, it's once a year um, in some cases. And... Uh, it's a healthy offsite for yeah. for mental, like, detachment of for day-to-day sure. stuff. So... But, I mean, we're still working in the mornings mm-hmm. when we're not in the stand. And so that's part of it is like when something happens and you have, you know, a fire in the office that you're having to take care of and you're trying to get out and you're staying, you know, the, the balance mm-hmm. of it where you still can't necessarily completely disconnect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the areas on the farm don't have cell service for Verizon. So for me, it's a nice disconnect. Yeah. yeah like you're out, you're like, unplugged well, at this point. I literally can't, I can't do anything. I cannot do so. anything. Well, in hindsight, we did a lot too. Like we took some of those opportunities to, so like Margie and I run an ice cream mm-hmm. shop in Pittsburgh. And so uh, we closed on October 20th this year for the season. And so Corey and I had to jet back. I remember you guys went that morning. Yeah. We, we drove home, and um, when we got there, Margie's uh, our battery was dead. Our car wasn't running, so we had to like you know fix that. I, I forgot that it was all like the go, same time. Go and board up the building, and so we basically like took maybe a whole. Day. It was a day. It was. It, it ended up being like almost eighty degrees. Yeah, like, it, was I don't know, it was. Like, hot. Like, we're, we're not like, going dude, out tonight. Let's yep. just bail. Like, Nothing moved on camera. Got to take care of some stuff at home. Yep. So we just got out for a day. Um, and then we had some other issues come up with work and stuff. And so that's the good thing about that amount of time is like, it kind of gives us the ability to like step back, assess, take care of some things and then jump back in. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a point in it, especially when the weather is not cooperating that you're doing more harm than good, right? The fact that you're just going to force a hunt to get out there and be in the stand just isn't going to do anybody any good. You can't kill them if you're not in the stand, but also you got to be smart about the amount of pressure you're putting on some of these areas. For sure. And, and along with the temperature warming up, I mean, these, these deer, as I said, are showing up less and less. Mm-hmm. We've got the cell cameras. You know, I'm expecting to see something, and it's just not happening. So yeah. it's like, well, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. And, and we knew we had a cold snap coming. you got to do something. And then the very – it was warm for most of, like, the middle of the – the week i think and then right at the very end we had like two days of a nice front came through and um ended up working out for us yeah dude. so i mean there is definitely the fatigue that goes mm-hmm. into it after that time but it is that recharge that's also the patient side of it you for have sure. to be patient and i mean unless you're just going out to to kill anything the first thing you see because we had plenty of shots on other i was gonna say I mean, I mean we talk about this grind i mean you guys are seeing probably what good quality two-year-olds and stuff like that yeah, constantly yeah yeah so i mean it's not like you're there were definitely some hunts i think that you know action was pretty piss poor mm-hmm. but i mean you are seeing quality deer it's just not what you're looking for right mm-hmm. right so i mean if you know we say that as like 
you know, you're not going to kill any bucks. I mean, if you wanted to kill a two-year-old, probably first evening you shot a two-year-old. Yeah, and I think, like, speaking to the fatigue aspect of it, like, it's not just that week and those days that we've put in. Like, for me, it's like, man, I've been promising Corey a big buck for years at this point, and Mm -hmm. he's come out every year, and we've hunted this hard every year. And we've had some success along the way as we mm-hmm. watched with, with that buck, but like uh, that's that's weighing on me. Eventually, it's like, man, I, I gotta like come through on this promise here of like we're gonna kill a big buck, and like he's just been super patient to hang in there with me as we've been figuring it out, and uh, I think that paid off a, a big way on the very last hunt that we had this week, the very last morning. So it was the the twenty fifth was our last day to hunt. I think it was a Saturday, Sunday. Or Sunday, mm-hmm. maybe it was a Sunday, and as I said, we had this front come through. Like, and you're day. flying out that day. I'm that, flying I mean, out that afternoon. We're not saying, oh, it's like, hey, this is the last day. No, no, no. Like, yeah. I got to go to the airport flight, still and, and get out of this like, place. Two thirty, yeah, something like that. And in so, the afternoon, and it's about an hour from the farm, so we had one last morning to hunt. You're, you're kind of like, the hunt's kind of over because you're like, man, if we if we kill something, like we're gonna have to scramble to figure out. And how you guys to... had seen some deer because that front came through. You had seen some bucks or decent bucks the night the was it the night before? The night before right. we had one come in, and and I actually I think we would have shot him. Eventually, uh, we settled on that portion of the farm. As I mean, can, can you tap into the episode, yep. Ian? I'd like to see kind of as we get to that point because I think that deer came in. Was that the deer that came in and, and hit the tree? Last yeah, last light. Last came light. In, Do you have and that, um, he couldn't. There's just no way to get through. Do you have that link in? Yeah, cool, cool. But yeah, go, so go ahead. I mean, so at this point, and man, how how bad does that suck? Because you've now just hunted ten days. Like you finally get a front. Things look like they're picking up, and you're like, dude, I got tomorrow. Like I gotta go. Yeah. Did you did it ever cross your mind like maybe we shouldn't even hunt Sunday uh, morning? No, that's not no. an option. No, the, the thought was like <laughs> I was looking at the flights, and I was like, maybe I should change my flight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you were seriously considering. You're like, maybe I could just stay for like five, six more days. Yeah, and then how? I mean, dude, it goes from zero to sixty. It's like you're exhausted. It's hot and nothing. And then all of a sudden, the lights turn on, and you're like, I don't want to go. That's why I was trying to describe it. Like I was like, man, it's just like, oh, there are deer that there are deer because you sit for so long and you just see deer, but you know, does and like just non-target animals. And eventually, when one finally shows up, you're like, holy cow! You're like, I can't believe that thing lives out here in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so. It's so. uh, It's it's very bizarre, but. Um, let's fast forward through towards maybe the last, uh, five minutes or so, probably Ian. Yeah, just, we'll get it to a point here. Here you uh, go. Okay. Uh, yeah, back up just a little bit. There you go. Who's that guy? How about that? Here you go. Okay, so. Back one more. More. Yep. Jump back to like nine minutes. Yeah, there we go. Okay, cool. Just pause it right there for a second. So is this is the deer the night before yep. that you guys had seen? Now where are you at at this point? Are you pinch. at pinch? Yep. We're in the pinch still. So we, that's what I'm saying is we you, have, you found the spot that we you settled like, into hey, the I'm, pinch. I'm it's in. a known good spot. It's the spot where Corey passed on Conan the year before. So like we, we got some. Well, and you there. and I have talked about it in years past. Like it, you've always had a camera there. There's usually a scrape there. Like we've seen big bucks show up in this it's, time. It's frame. just a spot, man. Just Dad, like that. Dad killed a big buck there. I almost got a chance at the muley buck there several years ago yeah um, maverick has shown up there back when it wasn't maverick it ended up being the, another like another point but that's right so uh, we got history in the spot it's what was that awesome the spot. the one that giant old buck that showed up the la- slob the slob yep he was down there october 17 known known mid i've got pictures of deer at that scrape on the pinch october 17th 
for three years in a row. Which is why we'll have this discussion every year during that time frame, and we can argue every stand on that property, but that is the known spot. And, yeah. and again, it's about time and weather and coming together, but they'll show up there at some point. And you have yeah. to go. You have to be there. Gotta be you there. Gotta you got to take, the, take the chance. You got to be there. And it really does seem like a late October to early November. Well, a, no, I was going to say, it looks like you've got some oaks and stuff here, so there's probably acorns dropping in and around that area well, as well. It's just, a, it's just a little secondary ridge off of a primary bedding ridge. Yeah, there's oaks everywhere, but it's, they just travel through there. Mm -hmm. The bucks especially will cruise that. Yeah, go ahead and play it a little bit, Ian. Check this deer out. So, yeah, at this point... I assume you're looking at that deer thinking, like, if he comes close enough. Yeah. And I'm again, good. like, I, I knew what he was. I couldn't Did see Did you know him. this deer, Jared? Uh, yeah, I think we had had some pictures yeah. of him. I couldn't see him I, from where I was sitting, so I was trying it's to a good deer. Behind, but he, Jared's like, he, we're, we're taking him if he comes in. It's so funny how these deer, and it tends to be, this is, I feel, like a fringe spot for you to where... Like, you either know that deer well, you know or you I, probably won't know him when he shows up I here. rattled this deer in, too. Mm -hmm. Remember? So yeah. it was, like, getting towards uh, dusk, and I cracked the horns together October 24th, mm -hmm. uh, which seems to be, in my opinion, one of the best times. Yeah. That 20, like 24th or 25th to the 31st, if you can crack them. Um, yeah, that's funny, man. It, it is. You're right. right and, I mean, um, so you still had a, you had a cell camera there, right, at, at the pinch? Uh, we had one up the fence line a couple hundred yards. Okay. Yeah, it's just one and of those... And it had been quiet. Yeah, it had been kind of quiet. Like, you, typically, I would think that a buck... The pinch is just one of those spots that if I've got a buck showing up anywhere on the property, I know he's going to move through there at sure. some point. Yeah. And so, like, at this point, you guys are like, okay, well, you know, bottom of the ninth, we're going back to the pinch, because at least that Especially after that encounter. There. I was like, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll shoot that deer, or Pinch's another back. one could show up. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, you're at that time frame of the year too. I know this year for me, the the buck I was hunting here, uh, October 27th, he was in a full out chase for the first time with a doe. Mm -hmm. So you're at that point where all of a sudden, you know, it can happen at any moment. And so, you know, when you see a good buck like that, you have to assume like there's a chance that this thing's going to turn on any any second. Yep. Like, and the weather was telling us that it probably would. So and you guys come back, you commit into that spot. Um, did you plan? I guess how early do you get into that stuff? Because again, you've got Plenty early. You yeah, got a lot I of stuff. Wanted to get in there good and early, just because um, setting the night before is a big deal. Like not like leaving everything in the you tree. You left everything we, in the I, tree. We left everything. Yeah, that's huge, man. If, we did if, that a lot. If man. you can leave your stuff in the tree, like what what a difference that makes the morning of, especially when you get into this time of year. I've had bucks follow me in. And so I don't have to, just because they hear something and they're sure. like, doe, like they're not sure, or, you know, a buck moving in on them. So totally. we, just, we yeah. left all of our stuff and the goal is to, you know, get in quietly, in. but once you get in, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Get up in the tree, sit down, because then it's very possible. And we say leave everything, and I know we probably take everything. some, we take some shit on this, but like, we'll leave our bows, <laughs> oh, yeah. not everything. like ready to rock, literally like you're in it and you're ready. Climb up the tree. Strap up, you know, strap in, sit down, be quiet. Done. I think I fell asleep for the first, like, 30 minutes because it was still, we had a nice buffer of yeah, time. So you know you're in there um, so at that point. Strapped in. That's a big ladder stand. Were you paying so. attention to the wind at this point, or was it nope. just known being it didn't okay? matter. I was in it no matter you were what. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were committed. Sometimes that's what you got to do. It, it can work on a few different winds, so I wasn't super worried about it. Yeah. So I guess back up just a little bit, Ian, on the, on the side of, uh, yeah, just back up a little bit. Uh, so what no, are we... you're fine. It's a different deer he's looking at. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, so this is basically last morning, and and so you guys see some deer. We were rattling pretty 
consistently. Right out of the gate. Well, I think at this point you're committed. Like they're cruising or at least up on their feet, get get their attention. It was was an awesome morning. Yeah, it was crisp. It was felt right. Yeah. And so I guess at some point you have other deer moving through. Was it you, Jared, you looked up and saw that buck? No. No, I was looking... I was looking in the direction that that eight point had come the night before. Sure, just pause um, it right there, Ian. And uh, or back it up just a smidge. And um, Corey was looking, you know, more towards the field edge, and, and I think we rattled in a couple spikes or uh, what you just saw run through little four horns first. And I was like, as soon as they cleared out, I was like, crack them again. You know, I, I'm happy to rattle every like mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes. You know, if I have to that time of year, so. Yeah, we cracked him again. I don't know what it was. Five, ten minutes later, we were in the final. I mean, the the countdown of having to get out. Yeah, I mean, this isn't first light anymore. It was like eight thirty. Yeah. yeah, and we had, by the time we'd get out, get packed down, mm-hmm. get back to the you know back to the farm. And then what? So what did you say? You turned it. I because I was sitting this way, and he's like, "Don't move. There's a giant bug." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was just like, "So Jared's sitting behind me, right, facing kind yeah. of this way." And uh, we had a, an encounter earlier in the hunt, earlier in the week, where when Jared was sitting, he was sitting on the opposite side of the tree from me. Mm-hmm. And I went to go, there was something that came up and I couldn't move. I was 15 yards by the time this and, deer and Corey came Corey has up. a way of just saying, giant buck right there, don't, don't move. <laughs> and like, I have literally no idea if the deer's looking at us. And I mean, you're walking. locked at this point. Like you're not. Yeah. Well, earlier that week when I tried to get his attention without doing anything, I ended up reaching behind me and I smacked the antlers. And so literally this deer's just sitting there and I'm just crying Oh my goodness! I didn't know they were right there. Yeah. From when I reached back, so this one comes up. I see, I see the horns, and I can't make out what it is because there's a, the brush. Yeah. And but I'm trying to not move, and, that, and that's when I'm just like casually like, "Hey, Jared, there's a giant buck right there," and I knew if he could get and stand up, he'd be able to see over the mm-hmm. brush. Mm-hmm. I'm and, like, "Where is he?" He's like, "Shh," <laughs> <laughs> and he's right in front of me. I'm sitting, so I can't. My bow's here. And so I realized that I have to go, I have to, you know, cross over. Yeah, Jared's got to swing the arm around and, and film this way. And so I don't know what you did from there because I didn't move. Did you swing the camera Is that up? where they're typically coming from? They will come from that way. So, so there's a there's a ridge that hides and a lot of them will just drop right down and you don't see them until they're right at the edge of this. Uh, the, the, there's a tree line and a fence line there mm-hmm. that's maybe 20 we're like 20 or 25 yards off of it. And so sometimes they'll walk that fence line and we've got a, like a 30 yard shot um, or they'll come right down in. There's a fence gap there and they'll mm. walk right in front and of right down in. So I think what I did was once I kind of determined where he was at and that he wasn't looking right at us, I stood up and turned around. So I have the tree between me and him and he's Corey's right below me. And here. he's looking at this point cause he heard you rattle. Yeah, he's, he's, that's what he's coming he's in. He's looking for. down in the woods. And so I, you'll probably hear in the episode, I was telling Corey he's going to do one of two things. I was like, I was like, be ready for either one of these. He's either going to walk down the fence line or he's going to commit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I started filming him at that point. I finally could get on him. I still didn't know what deer it was necessarily, but... Yeah, go ahead and play a little bit. Like, this deer coming in obviously looks really impressive. So right here, I was like, I think I just said dead deer. Yeah, kill him. dying. He's, he's coming in. He committed. So yeah, as soon as he started walking yeah, that's in, a stud. So I'm that's standing. Positive. So I, the plan was that jared would stop him and i would shoot was jared on the same page at this point yeah we had we had planned that yeah 
And so you'll actually, if you'll hear it, I think hear I it in do hear. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm facing, and mind you, Jared's here, and I'm not. I'm trying not to be loud. And you came to full draw. Did I tell you to come to full draw? No, I just did. I just drew as soon as he, because there's that tree that he walked by. I mean, and he's I, close. At this I picked. Point. I knew yeah. exactly where I was going to shoot him. Like mm-hmm. without hesitation, without doubt, I had that spot picked. I yeah. ran, I knew range. I I knew exactly where I wanted him. So, and in hindsight, as we're watching this, I, I probably was planning on stopping the deer if I needed to. Mm-hmm. He didn't get to that point. Like he, he like as you'll see as soon as he crossed the street, he shot, you know, Corey shot and, and drilled him. But like I wasn't ready to stop sure. him yet. at all. So I actually draw and I go, I told, I tell Jared out loud. I say stop him, and Jared doesn't stop him, and he's right him. where he couldn't hear me. I think I remember hearing that in the camera briefly. And so he didn't stop him. I was like, I'm, this is Dude. where I want him. <laughs> I was like, I got him. I'm, I'm and at this him. point, you know, you you didn't really study the deer like oh i know who he is or you just he was big enough. Gut, he was big enough. gut instinct enough was Corey's killing this deer mm-hmm. yeah as soon as i got a green light it was game on so you got to play this yeah. uh with it's an awesome deer um and he's definitely on a mission you know coming in to to do this and then this is the part like even with a camera guy like the coordination of trying to get on this deer and around trees and everything yeah that's an awesome deer just looking he knows he knows <laughs> boom <laughs> Okay, so shots made. So go back, go back to the shot, Ian. Because what I want to show is, uh, like, he had just cleared that right tree, here. and I would have let him get get ready to pause. Like, it. if first of all, I wanted just to stop on his own, which I think he might have. I if he made it to this point, like right over here. Yeah, I would have stopped him. But and that's probably perception of where you were versus where Corey's looking. My window looking. was right in that spot. And I'd... and that's the hardest part. I mean, especially, you know, it, it's one of the benefits of self-filming in that, like, the viewpoints are basically the same. But when you're communicating a cameraman, like, what you see, even if you're directly over him, is slightly different than what Corey's seeing. And so, like, when you say, it's this gap, Corey's saying, yeah, it's this gap right over here. Yeah. And so you'll see, like, Corey's shot here is just a, it's a touch back, but the deer is walking, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's a, a thing you'll see all the time is when people shoot deer that are, mm-hmm. are moving, it always hits further back than you think it's going to. Did he say, uh, oh, God, I livered him? Because that tends to be... No. I had no doubt. I, that arrow left, and I knew that thing was, was dead. <laughs> I knew, like, I as soon as we saw him, I knew it was I kind of can't believe that this deer died as quickly as I, he did. That's what I was going to say. What it, so, I mean, because obviously, got Ian played a little bit. Boom. Okay, it hits. Like, you see Go the shot. It it's you, not a pass-through. Pa- can you pause it right so we can see where that arrow hit? I mean, you get a decent, a decent amount of penetration, but enough that I can see the arrow flailing a little bit so i mean well, what, what i knew was dead dead deer when i saw that the height was good and that it was mid body so that deer's done yeah um just how long and then we watched it and and yeah, as spot. he's running i'm thinking like man, ugh, you and know? you could see i mean obviously with that angle you can see the 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 hair where it's twisted up yep that that well, arrow his, is actually look at his uh luminoc right there yep yeah, it's buried. It's it's right where you want to be up and down, but it's back probably six inches. Mm-hmm. And so as he's running off, like probably in the back of my mind, I was like, eh, it's maybe liver, it's, you know, it's back a little bit, but dead deer. Now, at any point in time, did you guys start to think, okay, like there's an excitement, you just probably I shoved the, the camera and Corey, I was like, take the camera. And I pulled up my binoculars yeah. and... He again, stopped, didn't he? Yeah, he went out there about so I could see yards. I could see tail still the whole time mm-hmm. as it was moving, and I could see like he started getting just real shaky, hurting. and I was, I was like, "He's he, is he is he going? He's going!" And then that's when we yeah. just see him just yeah, which is right, amazing, right to the floor. Because I mean, had he walked out of sight, 
I would say you probably wouldn't have recovered them because well, you would sure have not. to go. I would have, we had to, we would have had to leave like right then. Like, we wouldn't have had time to, to even. Yeah, get with them. that shot and with uh, if we hadn't seen him, I would have said, "Man, like that's I hate to do it, but let's wait. We gotta wait." I mean, what a what an incredible feeling though of like literally. And I know it's like anytime you make it happen, it's cool. But like this has been a long hunt for you guys at this point, you know, and and to the to the wire at this point. And hit play, and you'll see Corey's reaction here. I don't think we have sound on it, but you'll be able to see it. Probably the best reaction to a kill I've ever seen. <laughs> That's that is the the complete sign of just relief and excitement and emotions all wrapped up. I'm cold. My heart's pounding. I'm like borderline teared, crying. I'm. Jared's telling um, you not to drop the camera lens. <laughs> I just shoved that in his arm. Because I don't know. Like, like I don't film you know, all the yeah. time. And so I'm just like, take this, take this. Yeah. It was so surreal to see him fall. I mean. And dude, it's crazy. Because like I've watched clips of you guys. And it's probably in the episode somewhere. The same point of view. Except it's you in a. Uh, a voice of disgust because there's a dude chainsaw and like right, <laughs> like a half a property over, you it's know. In stand, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like what a contrast in emotions and experiences from like you know there's no way in hell I'm gonna kill a deer out of this stand to like that fast it happens. And as soon as that stopped, it was like we gotta get out of here. Like, we gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> we we gotta, to go. No, did you feel confident enough? Like once you went down, you're like, all right, like like let's go get them. Or yeah. what was the thought process? Yeah, I could see him laying there. I was like, man, let's. Um, uh, I think, did we go straight back to the house after, or did we go over and look at him first? We went and looked. Okay, so yeah, I knew I knew he was good down. blood. I assume once you got on the trail, or there was actually not as much blood yeah. as I would have huh. liked. I don't like think maybe was... because it was a little bit higher, it was filling cavity. No pass through, I don't right? Think that there was an exit either. No. Yeah, no exit. So it would have been, it actually would have been, I think, pretty challenging to find him. It probably just would have filled the cavity up. Yeah. You know? So, so yeah, we, we got down. We, we pulled all the stuff down out of the tree, just set it there. I think at that point it'd probably been like a half an hour. Yeah, mind you, it takes at least 30 minutes to get everything no down doubt. out of it. So anyway, the deer had so. been laying there for, for 30 minutes, and so we went over to, to check them out real quick. And uh, there's actually, there's a property line there. There's no fence or anything. It's kind People of... This, and I want to see Corey with the deer. It's kind of obscure as to where it is, but I, I think it was probably just across the property line. So I wanted to go and just drag it over mm -hmm. to, to our end. And so we, we did that and we got the opportunity to check them out and celebrate. And and so comes the, we don't think at least that you knew this deer. Maybe you'd seen him as a two-year-old, mm -hmm. but, but it didn't like hit like oh it's yeah i still deer. don't know there's some deer that i can speculate that it is but i mean that was far away and i just mm -hmm. i don't know I, there's a chance i've never seen this deer before which is kind of a cool thing i mean you know given you have a huge property and i mean you know how intensely we run cameras you know from summer through now right um here, here's your recovery this is what i really wanted to see because it gets a it gets a good like this deer has incredible mass and tine length like, it's a stud the brow tines on that thing did you guys think it was that big once you got no. up to it? Because I think you and I talked about yeah, it. Well, I did. So, I, I mean, I, I personally think this is probably a, a three-year-old buck. And I I knew that when we decided to shoot him. I said, man, that's, a, that's a, probably a three-year-old, but a, a really good one. And when we got up to him, I said, dude, Corey, that's, that's probably 140 plus. That's a big buck. Yeah. And I think he ended up taping out at like 147. Yeah, I remember that. I remember when you told me the score. I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a pick. Yeah. And at this point, this is now the second buck that we have 
I would say significantly underestimated in antler size because your dad's was one where you and I were both like what like mid 140s mm-hmm. take that at 150 right mm-hmm. and it goes to show you like I mean it's hard to identify those deer in the doesn't matter how long you see them I think you guys probably had the right reaction well, which is the, be- the beams on this deer I yeah. think are what did it they were like 20 they were like 24 and a half inches, I think. Yeah, I mean, that'll make all the difference on yeah, him. Yeah, and he's a 10-point. He's got phenomenal time mass. I know that doesn't do anything for the score, but he had good brow time. Just, good brow, just solid, solid genetics deer. all around. And so, yeah, I mean, it was a, Well, and it goes that, you know, a lot of guys could say, well, you know, Jared, per, per what you're talking about on your farm, like, you probably should have passed that deer. But ultimately, it's a deer that you didn't really recognize. So, I mean, is he actually living on your property? Probably not. Mm-hmm. It, even if he was on your property half his life, the other half of his life, he's pretty vulnerable on the neighboring property, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you look at that in experience and obviously where you're at, Corey, in your hunting career, like there are plenty my dad, who's taught me everything and, and hunted for what, 40 years at this point, you know, has never killed a buck like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were people that go their entire lives, never killing a deer like that. And so I think it, you know, number one, what a way to end, you know, a, a long hunt for you guys dude what a what a weight that was lifted too i think at least for me but pro- probably for you too because we've been doing it together it's like finally well you know, dude finally i finally broke the seal like and, and i know we killed one a few years prior um and that was awesome when it happened i remember it was awesome when that happened but like this this i think is more this is what you've been striving for for such a long time and or or at least is the next benchmark along like what do i want to do next you know what i want you know well, I think a big thing there too, and obviously I give you a hard time about your hosting Corey early in, in the career, but like I know what kind of a host you are and I know the passion that you have for that. I know what this hunt means to you every year, you know, you and Corey spending that time together. And I know that I think you and I probably had a discussion on day seven, maybe eight, to where you almost felt like you were failing, failing Corey a little bit here. That's and definitely I, how I felt. Yeah. And it's not your fault. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, dude, you're doing everything in your power. But, like, I can tell in your voice, like, it's not that you're just not seeing deer and you're frustrated. It's the fact that you're like, man, I feel like I'm letting Corey down at this point, which yeah. isn't the case. Oh, it's absolutely how I feel. It's like, man, how, how many years in a row can I have this, you know, this guy come out and hunt hard with me. like as hard as i'm hunting and he's keeping up with me every step of the way to like it's got to pan out at some point or i'm not doing my job yeah and then boom just like that it happens and to me like i don't know i get like the kids killing their deer this year like i almost get more excited for other people to kill a deer that i'm with than i do myself anymore mm-hmm. you know and i'm sure with this relationship and what you guys have gotten through you know over the last 15 years you know, to culminate something like that, it's like, wow, mm-hmm. like it's, that's powerful, you know? And I'm, uh, the only thing I wish you guys had was that night to celebrate together. Yeah. yeah. That, Cause that I couldn't imagine what that would have been like in the barn, hanging, you know, drinking beer, doing whatever, but it's like, we did it, man. Like we, this is why we stuck it out for 10 days. We did it. Um, but I think that only just, kind of drives what's coming up this year for, yeah, for you know, guys for sure. and for for add 10 years to it it's like that, that patience <laughs> of that patience of being held yeah. off for so long and choosing that i think that's where the risk reward the time reward it's that crazy, patience yeah. will come back for it uh, one of my favorite things is the have you heard about the 10-year overnight success oh yeah and it's like that whole idea of no one sees it but it's like it's, people will see this episode 
and they'll think that we just go out to this property and shoot a big oh, deer. Oh, yeah, Corey's like, got a 1,000 acres to hunt with Jared. It's yeah. managed like crazy, and yeah, okay, cool, you hunted 10 days, but you still killed a giant buck. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, you know how many hunts I've sat and seen nothing? Exactly. Hours and days or, and hours. Or got put in the wrong stand, years. you know, yep. potentially. And so, yeah, so <laughs> to, to be able to see it pay off, and, and I agree with you, like one of the most difficult things about it was amazing. He comes in, he goes down. We are now against the clock to not miss a flight. Mm-hmm. So we have to... We have to butcher him. We have to cape him out. We have to make sure that he's prepped well to be able to go to the taxidermy. Yeah. We did all of that within like an hour and a half. Like, wow. C- yeah, caped him out, got him into a fr- – we didn't have freezer space, so we had to go down to Grandma's house, get a key to get in there, put it in there. We Deep freeze. We deboned the whole thing, and then we processed the whole deer. It's crazy, man. And so you didn't – I went from got being pictures. covered head to toe in blood from butchering to being in an airport two three hours later. That's wild, And so man. I couldn't even – I couldn't process what happened initially, like just the deer itself and seeing that we got the shot, let alone that it was already all done. And I think the big thing there too, and, and this is literally the foundation of our brand, right, with Hunter, is that even how fast the the approach came, the shot came, the recovery came, the processing, like how much went into it before that all happened, you know? And, and you know, people will say, well, you know, uh, I can't wait for hunting season. It's like, no guys this is a 365 day thing for us like the moment the season ends we're starting again so that those moments in mid-october that take 30 seconds can happen um and and like you said i think the entire 10 years for you guys in this case has kind of built up to that moment and it hopefully you know this year is much the same and maybe it's a bigger deer maybe it's an older deer maybe it's the same size deer like there's there's this build up across your entire engagement in uh, a property or in a hunting situation or in this case a hunting relationship you know that ultimately leads to something that it's like man we did it you know how do you define success basically and that's, you know man so one thing that i've been really stuck on with this whole idea is that you don't rise to your goals you fall to the level of your systems for sure and so these these systems have been refined over the course of how long we've been hunting together, mm-hmm. talking through things. But no matter what, there can still be things that happen that are unintended, just like smacking those antlers, like I was talking Absolutely, about. Absolutely, like, man. The, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Mm-hmm. But how do you prepare? How do you you know combat that in the field to be able to take it head on and then to know and then to be able to execute a shot and the full preparation and everything is only time and experience that we've had from so many failures of doing it the For wrong sure. way of, of learning, learn experiences, conversing about it. And I mean, we called you as soon as we shot that thing and saw yeah, the drop, and right? I, like, I, I gu- again, I guarantee like I was probably just as psyched as you guys were. And I'm like, what do you mean? I thought Corey was like on his way to the airport. You're like, no, <laughs> dude, like, yeah, yeah, we we we're, we're going right now. <laughs> yeah, man. And that's so cool. So I guess like, what do we look for to- towards this year? Like, obviously we've got first episode in the camp for Hunter, which that's probably, you know, no offense was why I was so excited. I was like, holy shit, we finally have an episode. It you know? <laughs> it's it's the end of October it, uh, for a whitetail show. And they're like, we haven't got a kill yet. Like, man, mm-hmm. we got to we got to do something here. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what, what does 2021 look like? I mean, what's the plan? I mean, is it Ohio? I know there's rumblings of, of a potential uh, Kansas edition. Maybe it's, it's looking like that. Boss, boss gave full support last week. So. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, and, and listen, you and talk about, not that you guys don't, but I mean, you become part of the, the Eureka Deer Camp experience, which is, you know, 
some people don't make it back from Eureka, you know, <laughs> <laughs> mentally. I don't know if Jared or I ever really leave the, the fields of Kansas. Like it always just sits in the back of our head of like, what could we do better? I mean, hopefully we're there in a couple weeks, a couple weeks. We're going to do shed hunt, you know, and, and literally that is the moment that starts the process well, to next November. You know, as we said, it's like, it's really a year to year thing. And it almost just, it definitely is a lifestyle for us, but I know that, you know, Corey somewhat rem- removed living in Nashville and stuff. Like, it's cool that there is still this aspect of our lives that, like, anytime we get together, like, this is a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've been talking about Kansas and just opportunities to do what we're doing in Ohio, but on a bigger scale more and more. And so, like, as you brought me in on the Kansas thing, like, my first instinct is, like, man, Corey needs to be a part of this mm-hmm. at some point, too. And, um, so I think we extended a formal invitation just because we have limited resources of sure. like where to stay, like property that we're able to hunt. So finally I felt like, um, and with your blessing, we were at a point where I was like, man, we could get Corey as a part of this, you know, mm-hmm. as we're, we're de- working on developing the hunter brand and obviously been a big part of like this first episode and everything. It's like, man, let's, let's, th- this is another good mm-hmm. benchmark for us to look at. So like maybe let's not leave Ohio and what we're doing here in the, in the rear view mirror. Um, but let's, let's do something bigger. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's the adding, adding to it. Cause going back to the camaraderie about just being in deer camp and being together. And now that we've gotten to, to know each other after sure, all man. these years, like what, what an honor to be able to get out all together and do it. But as far as 2021, if we can add Kansas to it, Ohio will, will still be there. Like we mm-hmm. will still keep. Well, we've got a new place then, in Ohio, right? Literally right around the corner from the farm, yeah. uh, almost 400 acres now. <laughs> Which will be interesting too, because we'll, there's going to be a lot of opportunity this year. And mm-hmm. so it just, just will you know, we're going to put in for those tags and Ohio is over the counter. Kansas is a draw that we'll need to put in for, um, in April. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that both those opportunities work out, but we'll just kind of have to be flexible as just to like we were, you know, with this, this hunt that we did here, it really is leading up to the time and saying, okay, what times are going to work? Uh, you know, how is it all going to fall into place and we'll make it happen. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting year, man. Well, Corey, dude, we appreciate you guys coming in and and sharing the story. I know that you and Jared have a really cool bond. And, you know, like I said, I was just as excited as you guys probably were to to see that happen. And and very well deserving of it, man. You're you're a great person. Um, You know, I love the way that you kind of embrace this new lifestyle. I mean, that just that that gets me excited to, to hear when people can just jump in fully like that. Um, and obviously it become part of our family, not only in Stone Road, but now the hunter side of things. And, you know, yeah, man, I'm, I'm psyched for you to hopefully be part of Kansas, right? Knock on wood. We still got to get drawn for this thing. Um, but regardless, wherever we're hunting, you know, this is what it's all about is building these bonds and relationships and enjoying it, you know, and, uh, I can only hope that, you know, this fall we're all sitting there behind your buck this year. So, uh, yeah, man, appreciate you Pretty coming tall. in and, and sharing the story with Jared and I and, and everyone else. And, you know, hopefully we, uh, we have you on another podcast here in the near future. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Thanks, thanks for having me. We couldn't have done this hunt without Hunter and Stone Road and, and your support on it. It's been unbelievable. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, we appreciate everybody listening to the Hunter podcast. I hope you enjoyed this story and, you know, be on the lookout for uh, Corey's episode to – to hit the waves here uh, in the not too distant future. I'm excited for everyone to see that that first episode and uh, we'll see you next time on Hunter Podcast. It's take me down the river with a cute kid fan.